what did I just say? Hey, I'm Carrie. And I'm Sarah. And this and is Two We talked about this last time, remember? And we decided on we're. What? Yes, we're too drunk to check every time. I thought, like, what, what, so what was, like, in my head was you saying, we talked about this, and we decided this is, that's what we do, is this is. We do, we're too drunk to check, because that's what we are. Right now, right now at the end of every episode, we fuck this up. Oh, my God. We're too drunk to check. All right, well, you know what? Better luck, future us. (laughs) I I don't believe in us. This episode is The Menagerie, part oh, one. Yeah, you usually do say that, and I never yeah. do. So good yeah. job. This, Yeah, The Menagerie, part one. That's extremely important, guys, because we don't know what happens after this. And yeah, it was and actually, like, I kind of want to know. Yeah, like, I don't want to be a super spoiler, but it left off in a cliffhanger, and yeah. I kind of can't wait to watch the next one because I am genuinely curious, it's, which is weird. Yeah. And um, for those of you who aren't aware, it is technically kind of a throwback to the pilot episode that hadn't aired at this point, because the pilot yeah. episode didn't air until the 80s, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so it has like flashbacks to that episode in it. Well, kind of flashbacks. We'll explain. And yeah. uh, I just think that's important that we point out that this was a previously filmed episode that they're yeah. now make- they're now working into the story because it was... There's no Kirk in it, which I and, think honestly sounds wonderful. But. Sarah, 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 Sarah. <laughs> Anyhow, they did a really great job actually explaining why this is a logical thing that they used this like pilot episode that they didn't end up launching. They did a great job explaining why it makes sense that you're seeing all of it right now, which I was also kind of a fan of because this was something that they like were like, oh, here's our mock-up, ah, trash it. But then they still used it later, which is... How many pilots ever get to see the light of day, really, in any way? Not that many. No, and this one got, like, I think they kind of just made it better, probably. I don't know. I haven't actually watched The Cage yet. But, like, they, like, worked it in more naturally into the story that we're now watching. Yeah. I think they did a really good job. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm impressed, honestly. Good job, guys. Good job. Yeah. Okay, 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 whatever. Okay. We're so, back to let's let's talk about the episode. <laughs> all right. So we uh we start out for like two seconds orbiting a planet. Uh and then they beam down into a space city and there's like a Saturn in the background, and there's just one confused lady. We find out her name is Piper, and she's just yeah. kind of looking around and it you see looks like a bunch of space needles like yeah. scattered throughout <laughs> the landscape. Like yeah, it's not. It's just like it doesn't actually make any logical sense. It's a bunch of like real skinny buildings with like big things on top. And, and I get that they, they call it the Space Needle, but like it's not a like a useful structure. Like it, no. it doesn't make sense. It's not. Uh-uh. why would you build a whole skyline of them? Like, yeah. that's not very efficient. <laughs> it's what we thought the future would look like. And I can I imagine it in, like, the Jetsons. They, I think they kind of explained in, in the Jetsons that, like, the whole, like, the Earth was kind of still super polluted, so they had to, like, go up into the atmosphere in order to live life, which that kind of makes sense, but they're they're on the ground. This very confused brunette 
And yeah. uh, it, you're not she, up in those. Things. Yeah, she's just standing on the ground looking towards these giant things that are space needles. And then that's when uh, people beam down, but they're not living in th the atmosphere. They're not trying to stay yeah, away from so pollution. Why do you need it? Like, no, I don't, we don't. Yeah. So anyway, it is uh, Kirk, Spock, and Bones that are beamed down. And Piper says, oh, we were here. The command this is, Commodore. This is, this is Starbase 11, by the way. Oh, good job writing that down. I know this, yeah. I thought it was called Space Central. No. It's Starbase 11, also Space Central. I, I get the okay. feeling that it's kind of like one Both. of the bases, but it's Starbase okay. 11. Okay. So Space Central is probably who is on the... Mm -hmm. on Yeah. The, okay. It's like the so, CIA. Yeah. This is, there's Space Central. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. either way, she says uh, the Commodore is kind of curious why you diverted course and came here and uh, very first thing kirk says is well you know our uh spock received uh urgent message saying that we were supposed to come here and she's like nope space central sent no message and spock's like no he definitely received a message from pike kirk, kirk, His... kirk says that well but spock, spock spock received the message oh yeah okay sorry no i I don't know what I said. You might be right. No, no, you're right. Jokes on Sarah. Carrie was right. Oh. Spock got the message from Pike, was mm -hmm. leaving, um, to to beam down, and I think that we have at this point moved from where we were to inside the building, and we're with the Commodore, and Commodore Mendez is his name. He's actually very important moving forward, and I'm gonna forget what his name is, so I'm just saying it right off the bat. Yeah. Um. Sometimes <laughs> we're probably going to call him Commodore. Sometimes we're going to call him uh, Mendez, or sometimes like Sun Emblem because yeah, his uh, I was Sun Emblem on shirt. <laughs> yeah, that other guy, the yeah. mean guy. He yeah. um he does not have a Star Trek uh or Star yeah it, he doesn't Starfleet he doesn't have the Starfleet yeah. emblem. It it looks like a sunshine, which is probably pretty fun. But yeah. we kind of talked about it a little bit because. I don't, neither of us recalled like moving forward in the later series that the emblem ever changes. And I, I'm guessing that like at this point in time, they were like, well, the, you know, the Navy has their own insignia and the army has their own. So obviously people in different places have their own stuff, but in later series, that doesn't seem to happen that I can yeah. recall. Like if like, anything, they're in more casual wear. Or there's yeah. just no, there's no like Starfleet emblem on them. Yeah, because like, well, but, and they're communicators later on. Yeah, and this so, dude, it was just like a full sunshine. It's a circle with some pointy stuff. Like it's very large and gold. Yeah, it actually kind of looks like the sun from Tangled. It's got little wavy things that come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> pretty. Yeah, yeah, Either it's definitely. Way. It does. It's not a Starfleet symbol at all so no it was just the thing like that's how like if you can't tell white men apart that's how you can know <laughs> that kirk and mendez are not the same person because one of them has a shining giant circle and the other one has the yeah. start fleet emblem so and and while i am really bad at telling people apart i could tell that it because like kirk looks like a fucking asshole and mendez i didn't know he was an asshole yet so he just looks like an old man so like that's kind of, oh look he's not an old man he's like in his late 40s 
I'm gonna call him his. He's not that old. Like it's not that old. I'm admittedly, yeah, he's, but he's, he's older not like than Kirk, who's in his forties. He's like a decade older. He's okay. He actually okay. could be Kirk in a decade. Like okay, I guess I'll give you that. Yep. All right, I'll give you okay. that. But they're still pretty fucking close. Yeah. <laughs> they're all like dudes. Suck spoilers. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So, um, but they are, uh, they've moved into this room and they're discussing the message that Spock got from Pike to beam down. And, and Mendez says, well, that's impossible. And Kirk's like, well, if my first officer says that he got this message, then he got this message. And that's when Mendez is like, oh, you don't know. Uh, and he, he explains that Pike is upstairs in the med bay. And so they decide to go see him. Mm-hmm. Which I find kind of interesting because we're about to find out that he has no idea they're going to see him. And yeah. he's like, so we'll get there. <laughs> Basically, uh, they're standing outside his door and Kirk, I think Kirk asks Spock, like, how long has it been since you've seen, you know, your old captain? And he mm-hmm. says, 11 years, four months, five days um, yeah. since they served together. And they walk in. And do you want to explain? what pike looks like oh i know that in the 60s they there wasn't like the um hipaa or any like there there was nobody that was trying to protect those with uh challenges yeah that's true there was there was no sort of uh like regulations in place to like keep people's personal information their own (laughs) And and like they didn't they didn't really think about like how if you're in a wheelchair there could be something even possibly better than being in a wheelchair. He basically looks like they just put him in a wheelchair and then they built this thing around him that makes him look like a Dalek because there's yeah. they can't even fathom that people who can't walk and have something better than a wheelchair that's covered all the way it's it's like a box that goes up to his neck. It's a he's a Dalek. And yeah. his face is all fucked up and he looks like, I think they, they had to have put a lot of makeup on him because we know that, well, spoilers, we see Pike 13 years in the, eventually, or the past. past yeah. and, and he's like Kirk age, but it, this guy is like really wrinkly, like everything is super wrinkled. Yeah. And he has, has like, like a big purple scar on the side of his face. Yeah, and he's got like it's it's like the crepe paper kind of skin. Like you can tell, like if you yeah pull it too far, it's gonna rip. And it's it's kind of what they did to the to the women in uh, muds muds women. Is that what it's called? Yes, that, no, and, and where they were first. trying to just make her look a little bit older, so they like gave her like kind of wrinkle skin. I don't even know how to explain it, but yeah, Probably crepe paper. like they put tissue paper on their face and like smoosh it up a little bit so yeah. it was like looked like wrinkles but it's not, it's not um right. yeah so he he just looks like a dalek especially from the back like if you take the headpiece off of the dalek he's a fucking dalek <laughs> and, and t- <laughs> well he's a little more too. square daleks he's, are round he doesn't That's have it, the thing up. but yeah it's just like like they couldn't even imagine somebody that needs a wheelchair could do any better than a wheelchair with a really probably very uncomfortable hot box around yeah. them. And uh this cool. we we find out that this thing is also somehow attached to his brain because he kind of communicates through it, but not in a very 
useful way. So what it is, is I guess we'll get there. (laughs) So um, Commodore Mendez brings them in and it's uh, Kirk and Spock and Bones. I'm pretty sure Bones is there. And they have like this really strange staring contest almost where just like it goes from like Pike's face to Bones's face to Pike's face to Kirk's face to Pike's face to Spock's face and like I don't know it's very dramatically filmed uh needlessly there's no yeah I think they're trying to build like the tension to the fact that he's fucked up yeah and that's pretty much it like they're just pointing out like because all these three able-bodied people come in and they're like what Let's have a conversation. And then they see some guy in a box. And then yeah. they're just like pointing back and forth. Like that's that's just a guy in a box. Like he, you're probably not going to get a lot out of him. And then uh, Commodore Mendez approaches him. And he says, uh, you remember these people. Like you wanted to see them, right? And then the, he does two flashes on the little light on the front of his Dalek outfit. And, uh, and then Mendez says, well, two flashes means no. And then he says, I thought you wanted to see them. And then he gets two flashes again. So this is the part where, like, he can say yes or no. Did nobody think, let's go down there and ask this human being if he wants to see people? Yeah. Does he (laughs) care? Does he want to have some tea with other people? Does he care? Yeah. They definitely did not, like, ask for consent. They were just like, well, you guys made this far trip. Let's just go. Let's go, go see in. him. Yeah, no big deal or anything. And so they're like, sorry, gents, uh, you need to leave. You know, so they, they are getting ready to leave. And Spock asks if he can stay. And Pike gives him one flash. So in that case, Pike does give consent for Spock to stay behind. And this part gets a little, this is, I think, where we start kind of building the questions of the episode. Like, what yes. is happening here? Because Spock says, that he has it all planned out. It's just six days away at Max Warp. Um, yep. And he gets two flashes from Pike. And he's like, no, like, I know that it's it's treachery and mutiny. Like, and I understand. But, like, we need to go do it. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. He says, Spock says, I don't have a choice. Yeah, I don't have a choice. And he gets two flashes again from Pike. And basically, at this point, yeah, he just I decides. Think- well, I think it, at this point, it's just what my notes say, Pike, no, no, no. Like Pike just, just is no. flashing no over and over again. And then we break away to, to the, the space intro. city at night. We get an intro. Oh, right. The intro. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even note that down anymore. I don't care. That's here. I'll put it down now. I'll say when it is. So then you know everything that was prior. That was like the warm open. Cold open? Cold open. That was a lot to happen before the intro, though. And nobody died. No one dies. And actually, just a spoiler for this episode, no more deaths. I think we're at 40 deaths. But none this episode, which is crazy because usually something dies, but absolutely nothing died in this episode. It was not a space alien. Like, there were some-ish, but we we can't count them. Oh, yeah. They were a very long time ago. But, okay. So... We have gone through the intro. Space City at night. Yes. We are, I think it's just Kirk and the Commodore at this point. 
And he Is says Piper typing something on the computer. She, actually, she might be in there somewhere. I don't think this is the scene where she has any actual useful information. Okay. But um, Kirk is saying that if Spock says that he got this message, that's all the proof that he needs. Like, he wouldn't lie. This is what it is. And Commodore Mendez says, well, the fact remains. He's the only one who heard it. And I think at this point, they've actually checked with... Um, like to see if there was any outgoing messages that they might have missed. Like yeah, they, they, they looked, they went through their records to see that whole time period. Like anything possibly could have been even misconstrued as a yeah. signal. But he's like, "Nah, dude, nothing. nothing." And Kirk's like, "I just don't understand. Like, if he had asked for leave to come see Pike, I would have given it to him. Like, it doesn't make any sense." And then Mendez is basically like, well, it's obvious that Pike isn't sending any messages. And uh, that's when they kind of also confirm that they, he checks with the computer guy and the guy's like, no, we haven't sent anything. And then we go to the guy that he was talking to in the computer room. And then you kind of see in the background, like Spock, like sneaks into the computer room. Didn't, and he, like, didn't. Yeah. Very stealthy, this Spock. Mm-hmm. He's so <laughs> he, stealthy. Yeah, he comes up behind um the guy that was talking on the computer and he gives him the Vulcan death grip and he just like goes down immediately. But he does gently lay him to the ground. He does. It's very nice. He's not trying to hurt anybody here. No, he definitely was like, I have to make you unconscious, but also I don't want to hurt you. Which is, I think, kind of him because they don't always have that kind of respect for the people they're Vulcan death uh-uh. gripping. Nope. Yep. So we go back to Kirk and Mendez having their conversation, and this is where Piper kind of comes in. And he says, Oh, you know Piper, right? And she says, Yeah, we have a mutual friend, Helen Johansson. Um, but she's she's like, I recognize, you know, Kirk immediately. So this is where Carrie and I aren't sure who Helen Johansson is because Kirk gets a little uncomfortable when she mentions her name. Yeah. He makes this face like, oh, shit, because he's like, oh, what'd she say? And he was yeah. like, oh, God, fuck, what happened? And so we actually like I, I made the sort of connection like in uh, Dagger of the Mind. The main doctor's name was Helen, but it turns out yeah. that's Helen Noel. Helen Noel. So, so I think he just fucks over a lot of Helens, honestly. Vibe. From what I understand, it's like a basic white girl name, kind of like Karen or Sarah. Yeah. Or, or Sarah. <laughs> Who knows? I'm just putting myself in there. I know. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, he just, there's a lot of Helens that Kirk fucks over, is what we uh, have established so far in this episode. Because, you know, at least two. Yeah. And she, <laughs> she's like, oh, no, it was like, you're fine. Like, it yeah. seemed really cool. And he's like, oh, cool <laughs> <laughs> oh thank goodness yeah uh, oh so, so i still they, got a shot with you right piper <laughs> yeah right oh, you probably winked at her a little bit mm-hmm. we just missed it so <laughs> they um they're talking about an investigation that they have done on spock and he says it's turned up very little but he did have an extreme loyalty to his old captain and he says uh, basically kirk is like he's a vulcan like he has extreme loyalty like basically saying like he also has that to me like yeah uh i also am worthy of extreme loyalty dumbass yeah. uh excuse you i'm the captain it's my yes. ship remember i'm it's the captain ship. now 
Yep. <laughs> oh, Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Petulant um, child. And then Mendez is like, well, Pike legit can't move. He can't convey information. Like, he, he has the ability to move forwards and backwards and, like, flash the light. Like, his mind is very active, but there's no way that he could have, like, given somebody a message to get to Spock, is what he's saying. No. Nope. Uh, which kind of comes into play later on because we were kind of discussing how a computer might need to read Spock's mind for some of the decisions that it was making. <laughs> yep. It, Coming like, up real soon, kids. They get a little crazy. So mm-hmm. at this point, actually, we kind of go to that. We go to Spock and he's he's playing with sounds. He's like making this voice or different voices say like Starbase Ops, Starbase Ops, Starbase Ops. And it's like changing its pitch and everything. He's trying to get it... <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's he's modulating the vocals. It's like Starbase Operations, Starbase Operations, Starbase Operations. Like so, he just keeps going through until like he goes kind of down a little bit, and it's like Starbase Operations in somebody's voice that would make sense right now. Probably Helmsman. Yeah, before at this point, he's sending a message from Starbase Operations to the Enterprise. And it's a top secret and it's scrambled message. And it, uh, I think Ahura is actually getting the message and she's requesting confirmation. We, for and the record, should also have a drinking rule that anytime Ahura is a secretary. Dude, she's that, just delivering messages. Yeah, she just takes messages and then writes them down and then gives them to somebody else. Like that that's should all, be a drinking rule. That's all lieutenants do, right? That is not a communication officer even. She is just like, sir, he's, she said this. She's like the gossip queen. Yeah, which is just not fair. Like, she's a lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Like, I so think why is the- she writing down fucking messages? That's a secretary. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. Okay, sorry. Either way. No, no, you're fine. I'm also mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We go um, back to Spock, who has been caught by this guy, and we have, like, a bit of a muscle tussle, and then we do a Vulcan death grip, and the whole time her is trying to get, like, confirmation... And then Spock finally like puts in the right little floppy disk that he made. It's not it even is, a floppy. It is a wooden tile. Yeah, it's, like, it's like when you were a child and you played with Lincoln logs. I'm sure it smells exactly like that. <laughs> it is, but they're painted yellow and red yeah. and blue and green, uh, and they're flat and they have an angled end and they're like rectangles. Probably, I would say like three by five with an angled end and they're definitely just painted wood that he keeps well, putting into slats. And 100% we have talked about these before. Sometimes yeah. they're tiles, sometimes they're colored blocks, like they're whatever they use to hold information. They're like the yeah. old school USBs or the new school USBs, I guess. Yeah. No, they're definitely they definitely look like floppy disks and they treat them like USBs, but they're just fucking yeah. wooden tiles. Also by USB, I do mean flash drive, which I yeah. think is the oh yeah i mean usb ports different i don't know they definitely seem like they have a lot of they're not usbs because i've never seen spock try to put one in and then have to flip it around (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not a usb it's it's definitely not the same thing he just every first time every time so more like a usb c then (laughs) yes So either way, uh, he finally gets it back. He he 
Vulcan death grips the guy and he puts his like weird wooden floppy disc into the hole and he gives a fake confirmation <laughs> in Kirk's voice. Sexual? Puts <laughs> <laughs> his wooden weird floppy. wooden floppy into the hole. <laughs> Let's make a fanfic. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> that fanfic's so depressing. <laughs> That'd be awful. <laughs> we can do it. Okay. 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 Ooh, Continue. Continue. <laughs> so, at this point, he it's in Kirk's voice, and he's just like, "Yes, I confirm." So obviously, like when he was modulating all the voices, he had previously made one that was Kirk. And he's like, I'm going to hand over everything to Spock and he'll explain what's going on. So then Spock takes over the communication. And he says uh, that the ship is going to fly itself. There will be no navigator needed. Um, and basically, don't tell anyone. Not suspicious yeah. at all. But don't, don't tell yeah. anyone. We're going to fly out in one hour. This is a secret mission. Be <laughs> yeah. real secret about it. Real secret. I know that Kirk is only here for two seconds and he's your captain. But he gave the... <laughs> He said that I get to talk now. If this technology existed, don't you think there'd be some extra level of security? Obviously. Like, we can see, <laughs> we, we can take people's, like, eye prints and use them. Like, there has to be something where they would be able to, like, look at the voice patterns or something. And yeah. Like, like we're, we're getting close, at least, to the point where, like, like, he's just taking these thingies out and in, but they're asking him actual questions. Yeah, and, that's and the other thing. He just has, like, these pre-programmed things that, like, it's not like he's mind-reading. And this is going back to what Sarah was saying a little bit ago. They obviously can't read minds. So how is Spock just, like, was he super uber-prepared with plan B, D, C, D, E, F, G? And (laughs) like, this is... Maybe he's, like, so good at making a generic message that would have made sense. Like, maybe he used his, like, Vulcan logic to make, like, what's the most logical vague response that would work with the most things that they could possibly say that's possible and he does at one point like take out a thing after they were talking then put another thing so maybe he was like yeah. what are the top three stupidest things people would ask me and he, he has a different one for each like yeah like oh well, they asked this dumbass question red i do think that this is probably part of it uh like carrie and i saw Penn and teller and they explained what cold readings are and like mm-hmm. how fucking like it seems insane it seems like these people could read your mind it seems like these people might be talking to your dead relatives but we weren't we didn't read your mind we're not talking to your dead relatives and we're telling you right now that they're lying to you and we just did this fucking amazing thing that i have no idea how they turns did. out people are just real basic they're yeah. real basic and stupid. Yeah, we even when you're, on that. even when you're trying not to be like yeah. so even have- when they've told you we're going to prove to you that you're real basic and stupid and you try yeah. to outsmart then then they do it anyhow. They still do it because they're oh, cuz they're pen and teller and they're amazing. Oh, that was the it best was, birthday present I ever got by the way. It was like, really I, fucking it good. It was so good. I oh. Oh, it was so good. Either way, <laughs> maybe that explains how Spock knew all everything. And that explains so much in this episode. Spock's a cold reader. He Done. is both pen and teller. He is both pen and teller. 
He's got the human side and the Vulcan side. And the Vulcan side. Oh my gosh, it's so real. He is both Penn and Heller. And that magic. Is <laughs> magic. Yes. But not magic. He would also tell you. No. It's illogical for it to be magic. Because magic yes. isn't real. I think I in episode one, I pointed out how my daughter was Spock. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yep. Oh, I do love her. I love her. She and she loves me. She has a lot of human side in her, but goddamn, is my child Spock in the best I mean, possible ways. You really need to teach her illogical. Be like, that's this a- is when this is when you should start using the word illogical. Illogical. That's, that's illogical. I should have done that when she was like three. Because first of all, she would have grasped it, and second of all, to have like a three year old be like, that's illogical. Ill- that's illogical. Mm -mm. like it would have been amazing yep learn from my mistakes people (laughs) (laughs) just so you know guys teach your children illogical Mm -hmm. when they're young and it matters yes so we are uh now back to kirk who is just creepily watching a video because also you don't get any privacy there's just a video on pike at all times that kirk is watching Yep. <sighs> anyway. A live feed of the zoo animal. Yeah, that person. <laughs> that human being. Yep. Either so way, he can keeps masturbate. Why does he need privacy? <laughs> yeah. He can't yeah, even. He, yeah. All he can do is sit there and flash no on his screen. Yeah. Or, or, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Maybe he can say <laughs> yes really fast. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> masturbating like, under no, there. I, yeah, it just looks like no, I promise it. Baby, I like this. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying yes really fast. Um, okay, continue. Okay, so he's like, well, he keeps flashing no. And so I put Bones talks a lot about brains and, the, and how we can't tap into them. And that was like probably a five minute conversation that doesn't matter. And then Kirk asks if Bones thinks this has anything to do with Spock. And he's like, I don't understand. And Kirk's like, well, either someone sent a message or somebody lied to us. <laughs> like, yeah. And Bones, like, this this is one of the first things where he was like, uh, Bones is crazy. He's like, um, Pike is still a person with all these feelings. Like he actually points yeah. out that like they're like he's he thinks like you and me, and he's just like kind of in this crazy trapped awfulness it's terrible yeah, he can't do anything but he's still there yeah, he's, he's a, still he's present. a man they've made numerous points to say that he is like still present he's still cognitively there yeah yeah and so kirk starts going into like this kirk sort of over dramatic speech about um what could have possibly happened and it's yeah. either them or it's us and what if it was Spock. Like that's kind of the logical conclusion at this point is that like if nobody's systems malfunctioned and there's no proof that it could have malfunctioned, that it had to have been deliberate, deliberate. And the only person that could have done it was Spock. Yeah. And at this point, I also like, so I think McCoy is growing as a person. I think that he started out very speciesist against the fact, yeah, about the fact that, like, uh, you know, Spock was part Vulcan. 
but he, at this point, and he is he is talking about his Vulcan half as well, but he's like standing up for Spock. He's talking about how like like I get what you're saying, but he and he is half human, but like he would be so embarrassed to like to like show that weakness. Like and he's he's very much like I don't think Spock could do this and Spock well, could. This, but like this I think is maybe not where he's growing. I do think he grows quite a bit in this episode. Yeah. But right now he's saying yeah, Spock is half human, but he couldn't possibly be a human. Like he's, well, he's buried that about- so deep down. Yeah, it's it's not possible. Yeah, it's so repressed. It's not possible that he could have done this because he takes every opportunity to remind us that he's a Vulcan and that's all he has ever been to us is a Vulcan and Vulcans are this way. He must be a Vulcan. He would never yeah. be a human. And Which so I- like- to him though is like what he thinks Spock would how he thinks Spock would want him to view it like he like if he had thought that Spock was showing him like whereas Kirk like is like being a human is superior Bones is like saying Spock would consider that inferior and I'm not going to just assume that he's acting outside of a character that he can he values yeah I guess I think we I think we get there in later. Yeah. Right now, I think he's very much just like, um, uh, he's a Vulcan. Vulcans can't do that, dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's basically what he's saying. I'm reading into it a lot because of later on, I think. And also, Which- Sarah has a hard-on for bones. She's got I a do- bones boner. <laughs> I have a boneser. <laughs> yeah, you've got a boneser. I think, in- I, like, this has been established already in uh, Miri. For instance, you've got a bone. You get a boneser. I've got a boneser. The the thing is, the reason there's is there's not a lot for me to work with here, guys. No. <laughs> like no. in the in the men department, in the women's department, there's that's, plenty. In the men's fair. department, I don't have a lot. So, like bones, please don't be a speciesist, so that I can work with you because you have very beautiful blue eyes. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. He does have very beautiful blue eyes. So. Point to you, Sarah. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Moving on. Um, So they have that whole conversation, and then McCoy gets a call that he's needed aboard the Enterprise. And Kirk's like, well, that seems a little bit strange. And he's like, yeah, it's probably just somebody with a hangnail. Like, I'll keep you in the loop. I'm going to beam up or whatever, because, you know, he has to go back for whatever this call was. I'm the, I'm the doctor of this place that apparently no longer has any doctors. Yeah, like I so was I the only go. doctor. I'm the only one of these hundreds of people's. Christine's go. on vacation. Christine probably wasn't there because she only came on to, oh my God, I could win a trivia question with this. She'd only been on the Enterprise for five years because that is when her fiance ended up distracted on that stupid other planet. Yeah, but we're not back in time right now. No, no, no. When the, the, that episode, Christine had been there for five years. Yeah, but she should still be on board oh, right yeah. now when Bones gets yeah, called yeah. back. You're right, you're right, you're right. Okay. You're right. That's all for a second. <laughs> I mean, you were. You're still right. She's only been on the Enterprise for five years. That much she is could, true. She couldn't possibly handle a hangnail. There's no possible way that Christine is anywhere in the flashbacks, is what we're saying. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that would be ridiculous. That would be crazy. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, <laughs> uh, we we move on to uh, Kirk and Mendez again having a conversation about uh this planet 
And they don't, they're not really explaining why they're talking about this planet or anything. They just like pull out this top secret file and it's, it's about a planet called Talus 4. And uh, Mendez is like, hey, do you know anything about this planet? And Kirk's basically like, no, this is like above my pay grade. And he's yeah, no, like, it's fucking top secret. You just pulled out yeah. a top secret file. So I'm a captain. <laughs> yeah, he basically the Commodore gives Kirk permission to read it and it like opens up. It's got this little like I guess lock. It didn't look like it would be very hard to open if you no. didn't have access. It's like one of those diary locks like a where diary. Like, yeah, like if you just twisted it hard enough, that shit's yeah. gonna break. It's if not you're like older sister really wanted to see she could just open it with a bobby pin yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. if she wanted to see and not to just like twist it enough to snap yeah. it she would open it with a bobby pin <laughs> so that she could relock it so she so wouldn't I would you wouldn't know, know she amber yeah amber. <laughs> she probably didn't read i don't even know if i had a diary amber did i have no. a diary can you tell me that later <laughs> she doesn't does, listen to does this. amber listen no no she doesn't <laughs> thank god Woo. <laughs> or she'd well, know I, about I know about my diaries that I might have had. Guys, don't buy those diaries. They have terrible logs. But that's what they were keeping these top secret files in. It was just in like a a, it was it was in open sight and with a shitty lock on it. Don't do it, dummies. So it opens up and basically they have this conversation about how visiting this planet or getting information from this planet is the only death penalty that they have left on the books. Like it's a bad, bad place, but they don't say like, nobody knows why really. Like it's not a question that Mendez was able to answer. And the Bible, like you, thou shalt not, uh, covet thy neighbor. Like, yeah, don't do it. it. Like you'll die if you do it. it. But but why can you you just like, tell me maybe like, part of why just a little bit but they but this is like this is the big this is the big huge no-no in all of starfleet just don't do it don't go the whole star system we're in space now we're the best people we can be don't go to this one but we'll still kill you if you go to talus (laughs) for that place don't go there still do it and they said that the last the file shows that the in the history the last ship to visit Talus 4 was the Enterprise with Captain Pike and his first officer, Spock. And at this point, it flashes over to the screen where they were spying on a human being, Pike, and he has just disappeared. Which, I imagine they have a record of that tape and could figure out what happened, but all we Fucking see is... Fucking filmed 24-7. <laughs> yeah, but we, uh, we see that he is gone. And then they get a message that Enterprise is leaving orbit and they and not responding to any of their um like hailing. So things are crazy, guys. Things are fucking crazy. Yeah, like what is, is where, happening? This is where it gets all what? What is what? going on? This is where you start finding out that like because at the beginning I was right there with Kirk. I was like, Spock got that message. Like something's going on spock got a yeah. message and that's why he's here and then like yeah. the more you learn you're like no spock lied and he's doing shady shit yeah like, spock is shady as fuck spock what are you doing okay so <laughs> spock we go to the bridge of the enterprise and they're leaving orbit not responding to anything and one of the guys is just like you know it seems kind of strange that we have no navigator and spock's just like well the enterprise knows where she's going 
and they start getting hails from the planet and this is when he's like don't respond like just uh maintain radio silence baby 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 just keep going yeah ignore that it's okay it's okay and then spock lies to everyone via the intercom he just like calls over the whole ship and he's like hey i've been put in charge there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on don't know what to tell you and then uh he hangs up and bones walks onto the bridge and bones is like what is this about kirk being on some sort of medical rest like i definitely didn't order that like what the fuck spock is happening yeah and spock's like hey i'm sorry that you're not privy to this information let's go have a talk (laughs) and so he like leads bones away and he takes him into this room where you see pike sitting there and at this point this is so fucking it just blows my mind like bones says to pike are you all right and he flashes twice for no he's like no i'm not all right not okay and, and then spock plays this fake message from kirk that's like hey do whatever spock says uh, don't disturb Pike. Just just follow Spock's orders. And it's like, he's telling you he's not okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. But he's not a person. He's just like a robot. It's even though again, they have stated that he has full mental functionality. Yeah. And all thoughts and feelings of, of, of any human being. Bones said that. Yeah. And Bones is the one who like just received this information like what i'm not okay i'm not okay yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and uh wheel you off to that other place i'm not supposed to listen to you according to this message from kirk i'm gonna take the best care of you that i can but also not listen to you while i'm doing it also just not care at all what you have to say so we go back to the bridge where Spock gets the information that they're being followed. And he says, ignore it. Make no contact. We're just, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no one following us. Yep. Fine. Uh, yeah. And so we go to the ship that's following. And of course, it's Mendez and Kirk. And they're trying to contact with without receiving a response. And um, I think Mendez says, like, he's headed to Talus 4. And they're checking on how much fuel they have. And it's just enough to get back if they turn around. And they try to get the Enterprise again. And they're not getting a response. And we jump back to the ship. This is a lot, guys. So much has happened. Yeah. It was <laughs> an exciting episode. It was, actually. It was pretty darn good. It was. Um, there was a, a lot happened. And we've had a lot of episodes where we just said, this is so fucking boring. And yeah, this is I don't so care. fucking stupid. I hate this. This is dumb. Everything was terrible, but this one, they kept the pace. It was good. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it was a, it's probably one of the better ones we've seen thus far. Like, Miri was a really bad episode, but I had a lot of fun watching it because I really love post-apocalyptic worlds, but this was actually just a good episode. And it was also fast-paced. I think that was, like, the thing, because it was, a lot happened in it, and, but then we had, like, the last one that we saw with the cube, I don't remember the name right now, because... The Corbinite, Corbinite yeah, maneuver. Was, the one with the creepy child monster at the end. It was terrible. That was so bad. <sighs> it was Because it was boring. so boring. It was yeah. awful. We but couldn't this even one, get drunk playing the no, game. No, we couldn't. Happened. We just had to drink on our own, like, 
like peasants to get through it <laughs> yeah but this one actually like so much happened like it was i don't know if our notes are going to reflect everything that happened because there was so much that went on I think I, this is one i would say you could probably watch yes like especially if you've been following along with us and you haven't been watching like this one's worth a watch like yeah. it's good that is the highest compliment we have paid to the show so far. <laughs> this one you could watch. Yeah. So. so we are back on the ship and Spock's talking to the computer and she's explaining like the type of ship that's following them. And he asks how much fuel they have left. And the computer, who is not Christine or Luxwana, yes, it is. It 100% is, says that they have passed the point of safe return. So we go back to this following ship. And it is now coasting, and they have two hours of oxygen left. And Kirk says, like, this is, like, kind of a nice moment for Kirk. He's like, I almost hope that the Enterprise doesn't come back, because as soon as we step on deck, like, yeah, then, then Spock's disgraced, and he's court-martialed. And, yeah, you know, I gotta fuck Spock over, and I'm, yeah. I'm not into that, because that dude is pretty cool dude. Yeah, and uh, Mendez says, well, if he makes it to Talos 4, he's dead. And so it's a, it's a pretty, like, depressing scene. And then they're discussing, like, why does he even want to go there? And Kirk says, well, he has to have a reason. And Mendez says, or maybe he's just mad. So, like, Mendez is already, like, they're both very biased. So later on, I don't think they're particularly good people to have on, like, a court jury. But whatever. Like, <laughs> no, no, they're not. <laughs> So we go back to the ship where Bones is on the bridge now. And he's like, hmm, I wonder who could possibly be following us in this in this ship. Hmm, it's not who I think yeah. it is. Right, Spock? Like, could it possibly be that person that makes the most logical sense of yeah. Spock? Like, the person yeah. who would be the maddest that he's not here right now? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Probably uh, not. It's fine. And at this point, uh, this is where Carrie and I are like, does the Enterprise just read Spock's mind, even though we know from the technology that they have at the time that that's not possible? Because the Enterprise starts reversing engines and stops. They And so, they lock you, onto the ship. Did you, yeah, they. so what they do is they put a tractor beam onto the shuttle that's following yeah. them. And then the engines, and they don't, it, it's not super clear. You see the helmsman is looking out the window, even though the ship's behind him. So this is really fucking stupid. But he's like, uh, the engines uh, reversed. And then he says the engines stop. And I think it's the Enterprise that does that. And I believe in my heart of hearts that Spock had made a contingency plan in case Kirk decided to follow them. Because this was all pre-programmed into the... Um, it, it, like the navigation the yeah the navigation there's no way to pre-program something when you have somebody following you to have the engines reverse maybe what stop. he did was if if we lock on to a ship stop the engines like maybe that was like the fail safe that he put in because then that's, he was like that's what i think that the yeah. contingency was like i'm pretty sure he was like well kirk probably can't follow but what if he can i don't want him did? to die but because yeah. you know kirk is very determined he's kirk Stubborn. and so i yeah i i think he and what we discussed in the second watch through was so if he had 
stop the end, reverse the engines and then stop them for like 20 minutes, it wouldn't have made sense, but also nobody would have gotten hurt or died. So I think Spock like planned this out well enough that this was part of his plan was just yeah. in case Kirk but followed. I, I think he put a trigger in. Like that's what makes the most sense to me. Like he doesn't know at what point what ship they're going to take, like what it would, when it would need to stop the engines. Like maybe he put a, a trigger in for if we have to lock on to another ship, I'll slow the engines down so we don't lose them. Yeah, maybe. Because we had, did we talk about when he was talking with the computer? Luxwana? Yeah, when he when he asked about uh, yeah, how much ship it had left, or how much gas it had left. And, it, and he found out that they were beyond the point of safe return. So, like, yeah. he chose to lock onto so, them and be yeah. on board. So, maybe he found that out and, like, pushed a button and instigated plan B or something. Oh, because, and that's what slowed the engines so that they yeah, could do this. That's very like, possible. Like and a then built-in, he, and built-in then he was thing. like, "But then we're gonna go again, <laughs> guys. Don't worry." Yeah, yes. he gets it back. Don't up worry. Of course. Don't well, worry. I mean, like if you if you have a plan, because I do this all the time. I have a lot of plans, and then there's like <laughs> things that happen, like deterrence, but you still stay on course. It doesn't change mm-hmm. the course of your plans. It yeah. just you know you have to stop and go to the bathroom or whatever that happens. Yeah. but I'm I pretty know. sure that he like he planned it out so well and he thought about it so logically that he planned this sort of like contingency in just in case. And then that's how they like managed to stop the ship. Like he had enough control over it that he was like, okay, well, one thing we're going to do this one thing and then we'll keep going what we're doing. Yeah. So, (laughs) which he does. So he has locked onto the ship um, and then he presents himself to Bones for a rest. And this is where I think Bones is really growing because Bones is almost yeah. like sad. He has like this really remorseful look on his face. And he's he very says, hesitant about all yeah. of that. He's not like a lot of what we've seen Bones and Spock interacting is being like is he like, would love to see Spock with a weakness in the past. Yeah. And like when Bones and Kirk are talking, Bones is very brazen and he's very yeah. confident about what he's saying. But when he's having a conversation with Spock about like what's happening, he's like, um, cause Spock is like, you have to arrest me. And he's like, uh, are you sure I have? Like, is that yeah. really what, like, is that what's happening? Like, I'm actually supposed to do this. Like he's very, he come like, because this, he's a medical doctor. He's not at all intended to be like, the the captain at all yeah but i think and he's so, a senior officer after spock yes why this is his duty yeah and so he's just like super not sure about what he's supposed to be doing or if he's doing it right and so like he kind of asked spock to sort of lead him through how to arrest him which is see i saw it more as like he i think he knew what his options were but he trusts, he still trusts Spock enough. Cause Spock doesn't say like, I did something bad, arrest me. He says, um, I'm presenting myself for arrest for mutiny. Like he is flat out, like admitting to everything he's done. And Bone says, is confinement to quarters going to be enough? And Spock says, I'll make no trouble. And so that's what he does. So I think he knew what the options were. And he was just, can I just do this one? Because I like, I don't want to do anything yeah. more aggressive than this because you're. I, I could definitely see that. It, it also yeah. came across like his facial expression. It was like, is it, like, it seemed insecure about it. Not like 
he was asking Spock, like, well, is this gonna be good? Like, is this cool? Yeah. And I think Spock I, I was just like, yeah, that's cool. I read his insecurity as because he was uncomfortable because he was he wasn't expecting this from Spock. He's just he's just thrown off. I think he mind understands. Blown. Mind blown. And he trusts Spock to, you know, tell him what would be the logical thing to do in this situation. Yeah. Spock, what do I do? Uh, Spock, I need you. So um, Kirk gets beamed aboard and he does, he takes over command and he and Spock is in his quarters being basically, I guess, confined. (laughs) The computer is in control of where they're going and they they cannot get it to disengage. They try to disengage. Like Kirk gives every command he can possibly think of to get the computer to, he's like, Computer, recognize my voice and only listen to my voice. I'm hypnotizing you. Listen to me. And computer's like, cannot disengage. So there's nothing that Kirk can do at this point to turn off whatever Spock did. Because again, he fucking logic. And Spock's like kind of listening in. And he's just like, the computer's just like unable to comply. Like, I cannot disengage until we've reached Talus 4. Like, Spock has, he has this down like we are not going we are going where we're yeah. going and that's we're just... going to the shit y'all yeah and Buckle. we don't know why no we and have no idea crazy like why are we going there yes, it's actual drama as opposed to just loud music yeah dagger of the mind this yeah. feels like drama. well they, it was a uh, the corbinite corbomite maneuver oh, yeah. i can't that's say corbomite maneuver i can't do it yeah corbin corbomite maneuver well, it's hard drunk. we're drunk it's, well and it's hard probably, probably sober us could have done that a little Maybe. bit better who knows but yeah <laughs> oh so we get a captain's log okay so we're still not. locked on, i don't know <laughs> i'm also just not sure <laughs> we're still locked on course for talus four um they're gonna do a preliminary hearing and this is the most painful moment in all of Kirk's years at Starfleet because, like, he has to do this preliminary hearing against his first officer, his bestie. Um, BFFs. Yeah. Um, so, not they... Janice prepares the boardroom for the yeah. men's. Like, uh, Janice just is not in this episode. No. Nope. I feel like she's just going to disappear and we're supposed to just not remember her. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see if she comes see. in. But so, it's definitely like a blonde girl with short, like almost touching shoulders, hair. And I think she's in a red dress, though. She's in a red dress with the whole get up. And she yeah. comes into this open room and she starts putting books down on the table. Yeah, and she's, she's like, like setting it all up. Prepares the boardroom for the manzas to come in and do manzas things. Yeah, for the man's. I hated so, it. I hated yeah, it. And, it then she, and then she leaves. Yeah, it was terrible. It wasn't, it wasn't, I guess it was just maybe like, hey, we're prepping the room. It's just the fact that they chose a woman to prep the room. Like, and Janice wasn't even involved in the episode. It makes us sensitive, yeah. okay? We're we, sensitive. If it had been Janice, at least we could have been like, oh, she's the Gowman. This is like yeah. one of her duties. But it wasn't. It's some other no. bitch. Some other <laughs> whatever. Cool, yeah, cool, cool. She's probably not a bitch. She's probably very nice. She's so, probably very nice. We are we are in the hearing and Spock waves all rights to counsel and hearing. And Kirk's just like, yeah, I'm not going to allow this. And Spock's like, well, do you have a reason? And Kirk's like, uh, no, we're just I'm just not going to allow it. And so Kirk basically is looking for another option. And well, they're like, they're like, you can't do that. You can't just wave it. You have to be on trial. Yeah. 
if you like the only way that you could like possibly tell us what you wanted is if there's three of us and yeah there's if there's three, of three us. ranking officers yeah. there's you and don't there's get not, to there's, wave shit you don't only, wave shit yeah there's only kirk and there's only commander mendez or commodore yeah. mendez and that's, that's it. it and then uh like spock who's had this all planned out is like well we also have captain pike and kirk's yeah. kirk is just so insensitive he's just like um we can't use pike he's a complete invalid <laughs> like wow kirk yeah thanks a lot cool. and then he can uh, say both yes and no thank yeah. you very much thank you. which is really all you need in a journey uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah, is he guilty? Believe- yes or no? <laughs> yes, guilty. Do yes. you do you, is is he innocent? No. No innocent. Done. No, <laughs> no. Blink. Blink blink. Blink blink. No. So um, but Spock's like, I think you'll find that he still counts. And then Mendez is just like, Yeah, we didn't have the heart to retire him. So Yeah, he's active duty. He's, he's actually active duty. still doing his shit, just in a <laughs> sad wheelchair yeah so they are basically forced to allow spock to continue without his counsel yeah they're like hey spock you know if you keep doing this like you're you're gonna be killed like you're you're gonna die and he was like well this is what i want and this is what we're doing so continue continue we are in the courtroom basically mendez is like hey why are you doing this like what are you trying to achieve and spock asks if that question's on the record and he's like well yeah this entire court thing's on the record and he's like okay well i'm going to present to you my evidence then and it's a video and he says 13 years ago i was serving with pike on the enterprise and like the video is the it pilot just footage from the pilot is 100 percent pilot and i think they're going to explain to us why we're seeing it this way but right now we don't actually know no um, but what we do know sarah and i figured out like real quick this is the most brilliant way to fold in something you spent a lot of sh- fucking money on yeah it's something consumable and something really interesting to watch we this we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but we did not watch the cage. Uh, we made the choice to just dive right into the original series without watching the cage, and we are so glad that we didn't yeah. watch it because we're seeing the pilot on the big screen, and we have no idea what's going to happen. I yeah. Mean, and and now we have the added suspense of whatever the fuck Spock is doing right now. Yeah, they like, layered that shit. It is layered, guys. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really actually, well done. It's brilliant. And Shockingly. So, yeah, they did something. You, you know and what, now, Sarah? Sarah, yeah. take that word back. That was a little big for TOS. Oh, it's I don't, I don't clever. It's clever. <laughs> it's clever. I don't know if I'd say brilliant. I would it's, say clever. Uh, it's clever. TOS. Yeah. So... <laughs> um yeah so spock's yeah. like are your comments on the record like what you just yeah. said is that on the record and then which he's is like, how he gets basically yeah, he's like yeah it is and he's like well if you want to know why i get to do whatever the fuck i feel like and here watch yeah. the shit watch this video pilot. and then uh, yeah that is the pilot and then kirk is like he like is watching the video and he goes over to pike and he's like uh chris is that you on the screen like is that what this is and he gets one flash like yes this is me this is legit and uh he says well no vessel tapes are this detailed like what is this and my my note is it's the pilot episode 
<laughs> this is the pilot, this dummy. pilot episode. So, like, it hasn't been explained to us yeah, why we're asked, watching things in such complete detail. But. He, he asked, well, first of all, so this is the Enterprise 13 years prior. That's what they established. Like, yeah. 13 years ago, this is what happened. And Kirk's like, um, did, did, like, are there other records and tapes? Like, was anything else being recorded? Like, what? We don't understand how we can be seeing this, like, real-time thing. Yeah. Because we don't have this sort of data. And then we get a... Huh, mm, 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 mm. Yeah, Spock's nope. not... Spock will never tell his birth <laughs> rat here. Yeah. He'll He's never like, tell. Uh, wait, yeah. wait for it. He's like, yeah. wait for it. Wait for it. So, uh, but Commander or Commodore Mendez does not like that he doesn't know the source of this material. And he's like, I don't think this should count. And Kirk's like, mm, sorry, I think it should. Yeah. So and Kirk Fox like, like you asked why. So. Yeah, you asked why. And I'm showing you. So yeah. then we go back to the video 13 years yep. ago. Things they are saw, wonky. That's yeah, what they I saw. Things are wonky. <laughs> they saw something on the sensor. And it's a radio wave. And it's a communication basically saying that he shipped had to crash land on Talus 4. And for some reason in the like in the video that we're watching, radio waves are hitting the <laughs> enterprise. Like it's like boom, boom. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like a like a wobble across the screen. It's like dubstep the visual. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Really it doesn't make any sense. Especially if it's a radio signal, which we all even currently like there's so many radio signals. We have so many other signals also, but Radio signals do not interfere with our uh, vision at all. Well, but this definitely like, like boom, boom. I think what I found so interesting about it is like they get radio waves. Like that's how they send their messages, right? I would assume. I so like if they are already com- like, but it's it's old technology. Like yeah. they know how to receive a radio wave. It's like, fucking up their visuals though. It's, it's like it up. blacks. It like makes it all wobbly and blacks yeah. it out and then makes it wobbly and blacks it's, it out uh, maybe they forgot how radio waves are old school they're 18 yeah, years ago too, old school. maybe it's so old school it fucks up their current technology yeah. ooh, ooh, maybe that's it in a- well All in right. 18 years in the future because they do say that things like are going to progress faster and faster and faster and faster so 18 years in the future could be like 200 years it's 13 it's only 13 no it's been 18 years since they got this message or like this message that's being sent is from 18 years prior no, it's 13. It is, well, it's okay. <laughs> You're right, and I'm right. The what we're watching, this video is from 13 years ago. The message, the radio okay. wave that they're Five receiving is from okay. 18 years ago. Oh, okay, okay. I got it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. I'm there. I'm there. I, <laughs> okay. we, I caught up. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So, um, 18 years ago, a ship uh, called the SS Columbia. Uh, crashed down on a planet with a similar atmosphere to Earth. Um, it's the fourth planet in its solar system. Uh, and so they are like, well, if Class humans, M. It's a it's Class, a class M. M planet. Yeah. So if they crash landed on this planet, they could still be alive, is yeah. what they're thinking. Um, also, oh, we forgot to talk about Spock's eyebrows, Carrie. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, again, we're, we know that we're watching the pilot, and the pilot always sucks. We're mm-hmm. going to bring it back to that. And so... When Spock comes on, like, when you see Spock right now, he always has, like, the short black hair and these really trim brows that go all the way up. 
And he usually has some eyeshadow on and a little bit yeah. of liner. Kind of. Sometimes he's green. Sometimes goldish. It, it kind of depends on the day. But original Spock was a hot mess. Like, really. <laughs> he was like, he had the same clothes and same short-ish black hair. But his brows were like just. Giant. They were giant. And they, they were like brushed up. Yeah. So they were very. What, very Vulcany. <laughs> what we assume is that maybe that's the Vulcan style. And yeah. when he got on the Enterprise, they had a spa. And then he learned how to uh, manscape. Yeah. And what he had, to, he has to have learned at some point how to manscape because those brows were out of control. Yeah. And I so Sarah, <laughs> Sarah came up with a, um, a spa. Spa that Spock goes to. Yeah, Spock would go to Enterprise Yourself. <laughs> Enterprise Yourself. Enterprise Yourself. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. Um, and he and, would get his eyebrows threaded and yeah. trimmed. Mm-hmm. And then probably like just like styled a little bit. Like it's almost like he would get a blowout for his brows. A bro out if you please. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a brow out. Brow, brow out. out. It's a brow out. So because they're so much nicer in most of the show, but in the pilot, yeah. they were just like giant. So and- bushy. So like, I think it was maybe just like, you know, we'll say like not even 10 years ago, like somewhere between 10 and five years ago, the Enterprise got the spa yeah. Enterprise well, herself. Because you have to be able to relax. If you're going to be just in space for your whole oh, life. Yeah. You, you need some downtime. You need petties. Yeah. Manny's. That seems fair. Brow out. I don't know. Just you feel pretty once in a while. That's all you need. Yeah, and pretty. so that's what we discovered there, and I'm really proud of us. Uh, it was Sarah. <laughs> Sarah's really proud of herself right now. No, because... I mean, because the spot. I just named it Enterprise uh, Yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, so Pike decides not to go look for uh, survivors because there's no indication that anyone's on this planet they know of. And they- Apparently had injured on their ship from something that they'd been through. Some shit they were through. Yeah, they had done something on like Rigel 7 that I don't even know what. So they decided... uh did not talk about it a lot, but it sucked. And yeah. so there's injured on the ship that they they kind of need priority. And so yeah. I can make the decision like, do you want to go here to this place that like we've never been? We don't know what this is. Or do I focus on my own people that I really should take care of? right now. Yeah. Yeah. And he decides not to investigate right now. Yeah. And then um, he goes into his quarters and a doctor yeah. comes in. I assume he's a doctor. He's not a very good doctor. No, he's a very yeah. old man with a very <laughs> serious comb over. Yeah. And he, comb over. Yeah. He comes in and he agrees with uh, Pike's decision not to go investigate the planet. And then he gives it, he gives him like the doctor, like makes him, mixes him a drink and then hands it to him. But, and he's like, Hey, why is there ice in this? And he's like, it's a martini. Yeah, Which it's I don't a, know if there's ice in martinis, but whatever. Well, first of all, yeah, no, but it's also like a little beaker. It's not like yeah. a martini glass. It's a little no. beaker. Yeah. Beaker booze. <laughs> He's like trying to make it look like medicine, which is, yeah. I mean, martinis are someone's medicine. Uh, <laughs> America! America's! Yeah. <laughs> And then they, the doctor gives him the martini and he's like, it's a martini. And so he just yeah. starts 
drinking it and they're having a discussion about the fight on Rigel 7. Yeah, he's like, whoa, what, what's this for? And he's like, well, sometimes people want to talk to their bartender yeah. more yeah. than they do their doctor. It's like he's so, getting him drunk to get information out of him, which is probably not what you want to do to your captain. You, just, you need someone to talk to, Brosif. I'm your doctor. I'm your doctor I'm friend, also, bartender. I'm also your bartender. I'm not yeah. only your doctor. I'm also your bartender. I need one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Which is, I, you know what? If they really were 200 years in the future, they'd be like, alcohol is really bad for you. And you probably shouldn't yeah. drink it all the you time. You shouldn't have this. So the doc what? wants to have some chats. He wants to chat at him. Yeah. So he says, you treat everybody like a human on this ship except for yourself. And you're yeah. tired. And he's like, damn right, I'm tired. Yeah. I goes in this whole thing. He's like, I don't want to be a captain. I don't want to have to make these choices. Yeah. I, all this is bullshit. This is all garbage. I don't want to do it. I want to go ride a horse on a fucking prairie. Yeah. I want my hair in braids. And I yeah. want like or- flowers. Or maybe he wants to run a business in the Orion colonies. Like he just wants he wants something other than this life. Oh. He's like Ariel. You know what he said at this point? He because the doctor's like, Oh, you want to sell green women? Did he I remember say that? that part. Yes, oh, yes. Wow. That because I wrote that down the first time. The first, I think we were talking over it this we did time. Talk over it in the second we were <laughs> drinking. A lot but, happened in this episode. Yeah, but he's like, or trade green women? Like that's right. Uh, is that what you do in the Orion colonies? Apparently, because they're they're like, uh, but there it's he definitely says that he's like he's like oh what are you gonna do ride horses and trade green women, and then oh. um yeah and, and that's like I don't have anything else after that I think I was startled by that <laughs> you were startled yeah <laughs> and then uh the doctor says well that's not for you like that life of i guess trading green women on horses in the orion colonies and <laughs> and pike's just like now you sound you sound less like a doctor and more like a bartender i don't there's a doctor bartender i don't know they had a weird conversation it doesn't matter the bartender <laughs> it's just a bartender <laughs> uh, yeah a darter the barter uh, a doctor no uh, no barkter barkter i'll take that one yeah barkter <laughs> so they get a well oh yeah they get a message from spock at this point and he's saying there are survivors on the planet and they found that there was 11 of them and they have food and water available and so at this point pike announces a change in course like if we have evidence that there are people on this planet we should go save them yeah which is the right that's the right call. Yeah, like, I agree. He didn't yeah. have that information, and now he does. Yep. Um. So now, so I think what happens is they cut away, and now Mendez, they're like back in the trial, and Mendez is like, "How'd you do that? How 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 did this? How are we seeing all this stuff? What is this? What is this crazy thing that happens?" So I honestly, I don't know. Okay, so the yeah. screen turns off, and then Mendez, how'd you do that? I put amazed. Yeah. At technical yeah, prowess. Yeah, and then Spock says, <laughs> this is exactly what happened. Oh, yeah, but, and then he says, but this isn't a theater. Yeah, yeah, how'd yeah. you do that? And Spock's and then, like, no, bro, this is what happened. It's I'm real, and he asks, he asks Pike, he says, do you agree that this is true? And Pike flashes once, like, yes, this yep. is what happened. Yep. And then uh, Kirk 
is just like, I vote to continue. And Mendez is like, no, this is fucking, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. And My then, next note is Mendez mad. He is mad. He's like, we're not going to do this. Kirk and wants then, to keep going. Yep. And then Pike also Pike votes to, to keep going. Yep. And so Mendez is outvoted. So we go so back take to that. This- Pike still has some yeah. power. Yeah. Fuck off, yeah, Mendez. So then out, we still a human with an opinion. We go back <sighs> to the pilot and yes. they transport down to the planet. Yeah. And then they're walking in styrofoam rocks. And yeah. Some so red flowers behind them. Well, and they're walking. At first we we went back in the screen and they say that they've settled into orbit. Not that that's important at all, but that's they they notice some reflections of, off of round metal bits on the planet. And then this is where we see Christine, who is not Christine. Not Christine. Not Christine. It's Magil. It's, it's, it's Magil. It's definitely she was, her. She was in the pilot. Yes. I, and she was number one, guys. Yeah. It's amazing. And uh, so she gets she told was, to stay on the ship. She is the Riker to Jean-Luc's Picard. It's so fucking cool. Why didn't we get a female number one in the actual series? Like, You know why? Because Gene Roddenberry was like, hey, a beautiful woman can be the second in command. And then the network was like, oh, nah, no, 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 they can't. You she yummy. can be a nurse. We're going to put an alien. Yeah. A Yao man. She can be... A nurse or, or a, a secretary, secretary. <laughs> or maybe she can be somebody who just takes care of somebody. Yeah. The yowman. The yowman. Like, whatever that the captain wants, but she definitely can't be in charge. She, she can't be the number, number one. But That's here's the thing. I want everybody to think about this because I just thought about this and like, I kind oh, of. Mind blown, whatever oh. it is. I'm so happy right now. I'm just I'm I'm building a head cannon. And my yeah. head cannon is Pike goes away. Magil would number one would be captain and Spock yeah. would keep like he would become number one and it would be so good. Yeah. Just That's- imagine like a female captain in the original series. How fucking amazing that would have been. And it would be Magil who... With Magil, yeah. like The more that you watch Star Trek, the bigger role she has become and is. Like, she is... Yeah. She's like the heart of Star Trek. She makes so much of what we watch and love happen. She's She's a powerhouse. She's amazing. Powerhouse. Yeah. And when she was... When she was Luxwana, she was just spectacular like she was so good fucking woman captain that should have happened fucking in the 60s like if you really want to be progressive show me that yeah and that's what gene roddenberry tried to do yeah number one and that was the pilot and they were like no no no, you gotta rewrite redo it oh anyway so none of that happens it's still a straight white asshole male captain that we got because this is the real world and it's 2019 and nothing's changed <laughs> and i'm not bitter yeah. so they beam down and there are styrofoam rocks all around them oh and they're wearing coats we should talk about we actually we've forgotten to talk about two things is the the wardrobe in this is very interesting so they are beaming down they still have high waters because apparently that's never going to change but they're oh, wearing I, coats I, I am currently putting on instagram 
Sarah and I's versions of drawing <laughs> and, water, and also the flowers that we'll see in just like five minutes. Because I think it matters to our audience. We we did draw what the high waters look like. And we did draw the plants on this planet. So we've also added to the drinking game local flora and fauna. Because it's it's so, like, it exists. It is something yeah. that you should have to drink to. If they are on a planet and you see the planet's local flora or fauna and it's ridiculous, yeah. you have to drink. Because in this case, there's first thing we see in the background. We already had a drink for the styrofoam rocks and now we're drinking for these like weird, like poofy red things on the end of sticks. <laughs> like, yeah, we we see that plant in the background and then like it's like a at least two minute scene of them just wandering around rocks, And like you hear like this light humming and they mm-hmm. walk up. They walk up to this, like, blue, vibrating, like, floating leaves. They're not floating. They have very thin, like, clearish stems. Yeah. And, and they're, like... They're vibrating, though. They vibrate. Yeah, they vibrate. They're, like, humming. And so they, like, touch them because that's what you do, right? You just immediately touch plants Without on other gloves. planets. There's no gloves. They're no not... Gloves. It's just your fingers on this like, thing you've never seen before. I just want to point out, like, could you imagine an alien coming to Earth and being like, what's this stinging nettle that I'm just going to touch? Like, it would hurt. You might not die, but it would hurt. Like, yeah, do that. Would, just uh, touch things. And then you'd be <laughs> like, fuck this shit, vomit. And you know what they wouldn't know is that if you just put some mud on it, it might feel better later. Or at least that's what you think when you're like nine, because yeah. you don't know any better. So you spit in a bunch of dirt and rub it on your thing and just run off and do whatever you were doing. Aliens don't know that. Just don't touch things on a new planet that you've never been before with your bare hands. Or in the Pacific Northwest if you're nine. Yeah. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Yeah. Either way. Yeah, same thing. (laughs) They're the same thing. So they are on this planet. They're touching blue leaves. um, Blue humming leaves, by the way. Yep. And then you just see this guy, like, leaning on a rock, like, looking off into nothing. And then, like, he gets, like, this look on his face and, like, waves everyone over. And you see that there's a camp. And it's just a camp full of, like, old guys. And they're just like, they're men. They're human. And they get all excited that they're seeing humans. And they do, like, their introductions. He's like, I'm Captain Pike of the Enterprise. And the guy's like, I'm blah, 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 blah. I didn't write my name down. Um, but I'm a scientist thing. I'm not sure. I think they're all scientists. I'm gonna go they are. Scientists. They're all. Yeah. It was a scientific voyage. Yeah. So <laughs> that's where they're at. And they say where they're from. And it was probably interesting, but I didn't write it down. Then there's this one beautiful young woman who like walks through the, the like, this group of old men. And they're like, this is, I think she had a name and I don't remember. And they're like, she was born, she was born just as we crashed, which would make her about 18 years old, which I want to point out, this woman was not 18 years old. 27. (laughs) Yeah. She is in her late 20s. Like, she was young. Also, we should talk about what she was wearing, because it, like, it was, like, the weirdest mashup of, okay, I could believe that they found something to make that part of the outfit with, combined with where did she get makeup and fake eyelashes? Like, <laughs> so it was like her skirt was a bunch of nets that Makes sense. they were like just all tightly woven around her waist. And so they yeah. were still very short. She had a lot of short. Yeah. And then her shirt was like a blue button down collar, but 
the sleeves were ripped off, but the actual collar part was perfect. Like it was intact. Yeah. It, it was. Just... <laughs> it was almost like she had like a shirt she based it off of, and it seems it was like tied, it, would be... it was tied at the waist, like yeah, uh, Gilligan's Island, Marianne. Like oh yeah, on. it was yeah. Yep. It was very similar to that, but like not a belly shirt, I guess. Mm-hmm. Either way, it, it was it was a weird mashup of believable and very not believable at yep. the same time. And, and her hair was just come on. Yeah. Like there's no way she has fake lashes. Or like I guess maybe she was born with like Chris Evans eyelashes. Maybe? Oh, it's not possible because <laughs> she also had blue eyeshadow on. Like I guess oh, they yeah, had that's blue true. Pants, but God, Maybe she got so, that from the blue vibrating leaves. Like it was I so dumb. She was so yeah. Dumb. And also, like they they make a point in like a sentence or two that we haven't gotten to to say that she was raised by scientists. So there's no way she cares that much about how she looks. Yeah. Like, she's talking all awkward. She's yeah, like she's weird talking. So yeah. they're like, oh yeah, ex- you, please excuse her. She was raised by aging yeah. scientists. So oh, why do you care about how hot she is? Before we get to that point, we do see, like, three big-headed, veiny aliens just watching them. Like, in they're, like, in a cave watching a screen that has them on it. Not so, at all creepy. It's fine. No, but I do think that those aliens have something to do with how we are watching this on on the Enterprise from 13 years ago. That makes sense. Yes. We actually don't know that yet, but that's what I think. So she, the woman in the net skirt is saying, she's talking to Pike and she's just like, you are a prime specimen. Yeah. (laughs) She she says says you're healthy and intelligent and a prime and intelligent and a prime specimen. But she says it very like, you are healthy and intelligent and a prime specimen. Oh, and actually, there's a pretty funny part here where um, number one is on on the Enterprise. And she's like, I didn't quite get that last part. What was that? And he's yeah. just like, uh, no big deal. It doesn't matter. It's fine. That's when like the dude scientists are like, oh, forgive her. Yeah. She's been raised by scientists. We yeah. Have- She's she's lived her whole life with aging scientists, so she just tells everybody they're prime specimens, I guess. He asks for a like a medical reading on all of these people, and the the doctor that's down there with him is like, or maybe it was Spock. I honestly don't remember. He's like, they are in like excellent health, like to the point where I don't understand. Like, there's no like reasonable explanation for why they're all yeah, in they're such all, They're totally cool. I don't get it, yeah. but we're fine. I don't get it. And then she says, I think it's time to show you our secret. And they're like, yes, that will explain why we're all in such good health. And so she like leads them away. And they're like, one one of the dude doctors is like, let the girl show you our secret. Our secrets. Nothing suspicious, guys. No. Showing our secrets. So they like wander through some styrofoam rocks and up this little rock hill. And um, she she's just like don't you see it it's here and here and so like he's like standing in this one spot and then she just disappears or no he says i don't get it and she says you will and then she disappears 
And then the camp disappears and everybody's like, what the, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Everything and, disappears. We have no idea. Yeah. What's, what's going on? And then the rock behind Pike opens and the big headed aliens come out and they basically. I and honestly, they're doors. They're doors. Like they slide yeah, doors open. Like the rock doors open. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'm it's like. It's like rock over like actual metal doors. So it's like, it's almost like elevator doors. Yeah. Like secret entrance. So he gets taken into those doors and it closes. Yep. And they all start like shooting their phasers at these rocks. And all it's doing is like chipping away the rock on the outside and just leaving like the elevator doors. And also looking like shitty 60s fireworks. It's just yeah. like. Yeah. It's like. It's green and red like flashes of light. But not like they're like. They overlaid a camera thing that looks like. A it's almost like. Was it where no man has gone before. That had the lights. Like when he was shooting yeah. the phasers at the guy. Like. So bad. It, it's very dramatic, but the phasers aren't doing anything. They're just breaking yep. away pieces of the rock. And then you see like the doors behind it with some scorch marks and they, they can't get through. So they keep cranking up their phasers. And, yeah. Like, so at first there's two dudes shooting the phasers on like yeah. stun. Nothing happens. And then the, they're like, apparently one guy is just taking control. And so he like cranks his phaser up and he's the only guy shooting at it and nothing happens. And then he cranks it up some more where I assume is on, we're on like, fuck it kill we're, we're like oh, yeah. we're on disintegrate we don't even want to kill yeah. them. We want them to the, whatever, whatever setting they did for rook they're just like yeah you're turning green and disappearing <laughs> like, off bitch ass yeah. so he like does that for a bit and there's like some purple green red thing shooting out but nobody else joins him and that's the part that i don't care for like he, it's only this one guy all five of them have phaser. phasers and yeah. like there's one guy that looks almost exactly like pike so I don't no, know why they doesn't. don't just... No, he doesn't. He had brown no, he hair. Doesn't. He had brown hair and blue eyes. That doesn't mean he looks like Pike at all. No, he had no, the he generic, does. generic, like, I'm a handsome guy face. I will give you generic, but he still didn't look the same. I'm sorry, Sarah. He was a different character. Oh, they all uh, anyhow, he's just staring as this other guy's like, I'm going to keep turning my phaser up and blasting. Yeah. And why didn't it. the other, like, four guys turn their phasers on? Maybe they can't cross streams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, didn't want to accidentally. Like, yeah, if you're at a pissing contest, you can't cross <laughs> streams. That's, no. that's that would cool. be... Yeah. <laughs> that must have been yep. it. Or yep. their batteries ran out because they had them up at too high a voltage. Who knows? We don't know. Um, but it, either way, Spock has to call up to the Enterprise and they he says... They all quit. They give up. Yeah. He's like, there, there were no survivors in the encampment. And uh, this is a trap. We lost the captain. Yep. Like, and the screen turns off, and we go back to the courtroom where Commodore Mendez receives a message from it's Ahura, like relaying this message. They, the message is saying that this video that they're watching, the information that they're receiving, is coming from Talus Four, and which basically, is potent. yeah, which potent. Is, you're not allowed to do that. This is a death penalty. Yeah. Um, that Spock is now facing and Kirk has been relieved of duty and Mendez is supposed to be taking over because this, this violates uh, Starfleet orders. They're not supposed to get anything from this. And Spock's like, 
Spock says that yes, the message, the video that we're watching is from Talus Four, but like there's no way that Kirk could have known. And he's like, no, you've you've doomed Kirk as well because every, anything that happens on this ship is the captain's responsibility. Even though like Spock's saying like, you know that that Kirk wasn't aware of this, like, but well, that's his fucking job to know, and he didn't. So fuck yeah. Him. And then Spock has deliberately brought the death penalty on himself. And mm-hmm. at this point, uh, everyone leaves except for Kirk no, no, and no. Spock. And I, one I'm guy. going oh. to uh, interject we- here because I did like this one. Because Mendez orders Spock to return control. Oh, Spock, yeah, you're right. Spock is like, I respectfully decline. Uh, yeah, I respectfully decline giving you control <laughs> of the ship. I just really love that. He's like... I respectfully decline. Like, the, he is in the absolute load of shit. Like, the biggest load of shit he could possibly be in. And he took his captain down. And he's like, I respectfully decline. You, he's legit on death row. Yeah. Like, you're not getting control back. <laughs> yeah. But we are, this ship is still going to Talus 4, and you're yeah. not going to stop me. Yeah. Like, sorry, buddy. And that's when sorry. everyone leaves. Like, someone grabs Pike and pushes him out, and Mendez leaves, and it's just, Spock and Kirk. And I guess there's one other guy in there, but you don't really see him at this point. He's a uh, he's a red shirt. Yeah, he's just matter. a red shirt in the background. No one cares. Like um, yeah. And they have like this conversation and Spock says, like, please don't stop. Like you you have to see the rest of this. Like you you need to see it. It's important. And Kirk is silent for a minute. And then he says, lock him up. And the red shirt comes and he takes Spock out. And then Kirk's just standing there alone on on the ship or on the yeah. like in the courtroom, just like that's the end of the episode, guys. And it was really fucking like kind of good. He kind of wanders around a little bit, like listlessly. Yeah. Like he's yeah. just there by himself. And that's he doesn't have his first this first officer that he's like put so much trust in like it's just yeah. it's actually kind of good it's kind of good it was we've gone through a lot of painful episodes yeah in this watching we've done a lot of shit for you guys and for us but this one <laughs> this one was actually entertaining and it was kind of intriguing and i really want to watch the next one because I don't understand what's happening. I don't get it. And I hope it's not super lame. I'm going to be really mad if it's lame because at this point we've kind of talked it up quite a bit. (laughs) Well, my guess is like, I I don't think it has very terrible like ratings or anything. My guess is it's whatever happened in the pilot. They use that as like a reason that Spock would need to go back and do all these things. And Kirk's going to be like, I understand. This is all speculation. I get it. It's fine. Yeah, oh, I now get all the reasons that you did these things, and you're magically, I'm guessing magically, Spock's not going to have the death penalty anymore, because I can't, yeah, I I know we was in other episodes. (laughs) Hey friends, it's Sober, Sarah, and Carrie. Mostly. Most, yeah, I did, I have a couple (laughs) drinks. But we're mostly yeah. sober. Mostly sober. <laughs> it's better than what you just listened to. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Where we were not sober. So uh, we want to thank you again for listening. If you have made it through this far. Um, I know, frankly, I always do. But I also am very biased. So, um, <laughs> so thank you very, I very much. Funny. 
I know, but we're the only ones that really matter, right? Yeah. Um, and you guys should definitely join us next week because we are going to conclude this amazing uh, two-part show, which is crazy. I don't know if we mentioned it as much. I, I assume we're going to, but it was not as bad as the other ones have been. And I'm actually really excited by that. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like a like a little refreshing and also like hopeful. Exactly. I'm, I'm in a global pandemic and this is like the bright spot of hope that I needed for just a split <laughs> second to make we're, sure that it's all going to be fine. Yeah, we're actually like kind of on the edge of our seats. What's going to happen, guys? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know because we didn't watch the cage. Yeah, we didn't. And that was that was definitely a great idea. If you're going to actually sit through this, don't watch the cage first. Yeah. Save that one for later. And then we can it'll be a, a happy point of reflection when we get to it after the first season. But I like when we were watching it the first time, we're like, oh man, we were so I'm so glad that we didn't watch that because yeah. then there would be no surprise at all of what's happening. And now it's like What's gonna like? Why is Stock doing this? We don't know. We yeah, weren't there. Yeah. So yeah, stay tuned, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and live long and prosper.